You are listening to audio from the Mariner campus of CA Church, located in Coquitlam, British Columbia. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Many of you are skeptical that this Christmas will be any different from previous Christmases. You're skeptical that God can transform your relationship with your brother-in-law, your uncle, your, your kids, or, or fill in the blank, right? Well, could it be that God is saying to you this Christmas, I've heard your prayers. You may have given up on them, but I haven't. And so you need to trust me in this and be surprised at what I can do. Welcome to CA Church Online. My name's John and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm lighting this candle to mark the second Sunday of Advent. Advent is all about God coming to the rescue. It's about him entering into the mess of our lives and reversing the trajectory of our lives. Today, we're going to hear from Pastor David about how the coming of Jesus shapes the way we relate to and welcome one another. It's my prayer that God would speak to you as we learn about how Jesus reverses the fear in our lives to bring us to a place of welcome. Well, Christmas is still a few weeks away. How many of you are gifted or cursed with the ability to host Christmas? Now I'm talking pre-pandemic back in the day where you could actually buy a turkey. Uh, how many of you have the gift, maybe of not hosting, but the gift of going to somebody's place for Christmas dinner? How many of you are still at the point where you have no idea what Christmas is gonna look like this year because of all the nonsense we've gone through for the last year and a half? Now, growing up, my family had one particular tradition which would take place usually at the start of Advent, the beginning of the Christmas season. It's a tradition that is still faithfully marked by my parents every year and it goes something like this. As Christmas approached, my mom would make the following announcement to my dad and to us kids, and she would say these words, we're not doing Christmas this year. <laughs> now you have to understand, my, my mom, she's an introvert, and she grew up as an only child, but married my dad, and then they had four children, three boys and a girl. And what's more, every Christmas, my, my mom not only had to decorate the house, and you know, we kind of sort of helped as kids, but she also had to prepare food and entertainment for two weeks worth of company. My grandparents would, would come and often my godparents would come and they had two grown children and, and they would stay till New Year's. And so for me and my siblings, we're like, what's the big deal? This, this is a lot of fun. This Christmas was a blast. But you know, looking back uh, now as an adult, looking back to that time period, yeah, I, can, I could see why showing hospitality was, was, was pretty difficult. In fact, showing hospitality is often not really easy. Um, showing hospitality is actually quite messy. But here's the thing. In the Bible, showing hospitality is really important. Now, what does it mean when I talk about hospitality? What does it mean to practice hospitality? Well, if you boil it all down, it, to practice hospitality in a biblical sense means simply to welcome. Let me put it differently. It means to make room for another person. It means to, to make room not just in your house, 
but also to make room in your heart. So today, in anticipation of what uh, many of you will be facing in the, in the days and weeks ahead, and maybe even to prepare you for what you'll be facing in the days and weeks ahead, I'd like to offer us three pictures of hospitality that we come across in the Christmas story. Now, the first window is found in Matthew chapter 2. And so let's take a look at Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Jesus, we pray that you would speak into our hearts, that your word would go in and not return empty or void, soften hard hearts, awaken us to what you want to hear through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, Pastor Sam is actually going to be exploring Matthew 2 um, in more detail in the next couple of weeks. But for our purposes, well, I just want to look at one person in this story. And that person is Herod the Great. Now, how does Herod practice hospitality? Well, not really that well, actually. Uh, for him, if hospitality means welcome, with Herod, there is no welcome. Um, and Herod is an interesting guy. Uh, like, like many of us here today, Herod didn't get along with many of his family members. Unlike many of us here today, Herod ruthlessly eliminated his family members. I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal. I mean, he murdered his wife, his three sons, his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, and his uncle. And the word was, is that it was better to be Herod's pig than his relative. See, the problem with Herod the Great, and lots of problems, but here's one of the problems, is when you occupy all the space of your life, it's really hard to make room for anyone else because other people are seen as threats. And the Magi were no exception. Herod couldn't make room for another king, king of the Jews. I mean, he was king of the Jews. How could there be another? He was great. How could there be another as great as he? Now, here's the point. If you occupy all the space in your life, if everything is all about you, well, it's pretty hard to make space for another. And that's the problem with other people. <laughs> when you let them in, they can disturb your nicely controlled life that you've made for yourself. Now, Herod had spent his life wanting everything to be under control. And if anything or anyone threatened to upset that fine balance, well, he tried to destroy it. Well, and that's what happens here. The Magi come and they say they've been led by a star in order to worship the king of the Jews. For Herod, this upsets his world. It actually affects his control over things. And here's the thing, one of the things that practicing hospitality does is that it messes up the idea that we're in control. Because the moment you make room for someone else to get close to you, to enter into your life, you also get all their personality, all their issues, all their quirks, and this affects us. And we begin to lose control over our hearts and our tongues, and we say things that we shouldn't be saying. So let's bring this home. What does this say to us this Christmas? Well, let me ask you a question. How will you treat those who want to enter your space this Christmas? Will you make room for them? 
or will you try to control things? And you're like, oh, but David, my friends, they're not vaccinated or, or they're pro-vaccine and, and this is really messy. Okay, but here's the thing. To make space for another is to let go of control. That's okay, because most things are usually out of our control anyhow. And what if Herod had made room? You get back to Herod. What if he had made space for the king of kings? Well, he would have been reminded that, one, he's not really in control. But here's the other thing. He would have encountered the only one who could bring peace to his restless heart. And so that's the first picture we, we come across. The second picture is found in the book of Luke. So turn to the book of Luke, chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. And this is the story of Zechariah. Now, while Zechariah was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by law to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right hand side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah was troubled, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him, you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them in the power, in the spirit, and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Okay, in Zechariah, we find a man who's faithfully going through the right religious motions, but inwardly he's troubled, inwardly doubting whether maybe what he does makes that much of a difference. Now, why do I say this? Well, it actually shows up in the cracks of the story. You see, Zechariah the priest, the holy man, he should have known that this God that he worships, this God before he, whom he offered incense, may actually show up one day. And perhaps he did know this at one time, but the passing years had made him skeptical. As a priest and as a person, Zechariah had experienced profound disappointment with God. We read, uh, for a long time, it seems, that there were two things that Zechariah had really longed for and had prayed for. One, he had desired the Messiah to come and set Israel free, the ransom captive Israel. The second prayer was more personal. He and his wife, Elizabeth, they were unable to have kids. And they both deeply wanted to be parents. And by the time you get to Luke chapter 1, both Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, they're, they're, they're quite old, and this second prayer had long been forgotten. But poor Zechariah, this day, he gets surprised on both counts. And what makes it even more wondrous is that the two answers to prayer that God gives him are connected to one another. Elizabeth would indeed have a son, and this son would prepare the way for the Messiah to come. And I think this is the point. The truth of the matter is that God 
does not forget our prayers even when we do. And God often shows up when we're not expecting him. And he answers our prayers in ways that we would never have imagined. Okay, so how does this relate to hospitality? Well, many of you today, like Zechariah, are skeptical when it comes to Christmas. Many of you are skeptical that this Christmas will be any different from previous Christmases. You're skeptical that God can transform your relationship with your brother-in-law, your uncle, your, your kids, or, or fill in the blank, right? And so like Zechariah, maybe you've given up that things could ever change. Well, could it be that God is saying to you this Christmas, I've heard your prayers. You may have given up on them, but I haven't. And so you need to trust me in this and be surprised at what I can do. Now, I love this because in the end, Zechariah makes up, he makes room. And in doing so, his skepticism melts away and he allows himself to hope. In his own stumbling way, he ends up welcoming God to work in his own life and in the life of his nation and for the sake of the world. And this brings us to our third picture, which is found in Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 26. And this concerns Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he, will be, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I think one of the best pictures of hospitality is found in the story of Mary. With Mary, we find one who lets go of control, who avoids skepticism, and who instead offers a full welcome. And yeah, it was gonna be complicated. It was gonna be messy. Uh, There's some logistical questions that Mary had to work out, like how is this going to be since I am a virgin? Um, but Mary welcomes God into her life. And in doing so, Mary teaches us something really important about hospitality. Whenever you and I make room for another, we make ourselves vulnerable. For Mary, in welcoming God, she made herself vulnerable in all sorts of ways, to misunderstanding, to ridicule, misunderstanding from her husband, ridicule from society. And here's the thing, whenever you and I practice hospitality, whenever you and I welcome one another, whether it be a family member or a stranger, we make ourselves vulnerable. We make ourselves vulnerable because we're opening ourselves to being misunderstood. 
uh, we also are opening ourselves to be taken advantage of, rejected or ridiculed. We may even open ourselves to disappointment. So rather than being vulnerable, what do we tend to do? Well, usually what we do is we take steps to protect our hearts. It's easier, it's just easier not to invite so-and-so this year to Christmas. Uh, I mean, it's always so messy when, when he shows up or when she shows up. But the problem is, is that when we close our hearts, we end up missing God and missing what he can and will do in our lives. And Mary, despite the risks, makes room for God to work in and through her. She not only makes space in her heart, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord, let it be, let it be to me according to your word. But she also makes space in her womb to carry the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. And by taking these risks, all generations have called Mary blessed. Now let's bring this home. In the end, you know why God calls us to practice hospitality. You know why we're called to make space for one another. It's because that's precisely what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us. God's hospitality is such that he makes room. He welcomes ordinary people like you and me to enter into his family, to be adopted as sons and daughters. He sent his son into this world to save us from our sins. And then he invites us to come in into a relationship with himself. And he welcomes us by coming into our homes, into our hearts, though we don't deserve it, through his empowering presence, the Holy Spirit. Now, Emmanuel, God with us, reminds us, confirms to us, that we are welcome, that we have been welcomed into the Father's family. And if we pay attention, we'll discover this is an invitation we receive every day. God welcomes us day in and day out, deeper into himself and what he's doing in our lives, in those around us and in the world. So why do we make room for one another? Well, I think it's part of growing up in Christ. When you and I let go of our need for control, when we fully trust God at his word, when we're vulnerable, we're reflecting the very character, the very heart of Jesus. Now, I have to say, friends, there's been so many divisions within families and friend groups over COVID. It's just crazy. People are shutting other people out. Families are divided. And it's even doing a number on the church. And man, we have to do better than this. How can we talk about the welcome God offers us in the coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas and at the same time close our hearts to people? And you're probably thinking, oh, David, you don't know my situation. You don't know. You're right. I don't. But the way of Jesus is not the way of a clenched hand and control. The way of Jesus is always open hands and a willing heart to make room for another. And this, my friends, is the way of life. This is the way of Christ. And this is the way that we need to move forward. So let's pray. Jesus, you open your heart to us. Though we were once on the outside, you brought us in. You are the God who welcomes, and you make it possible for us to be reconciled to the Father. May this heart of hospitality, which is in your very heart, may this be cultivated in our own, especially this Christmas. Help us to resist the need to be in control, overcome our skepticism. And like Mary, may we just have a heart that is open 
a heart that makes room for the other. And we get it, it's going, we know it's gonna be messy. We know it's not gonna be easy. We do pray by the Holy Spirit that you would empower us and strengthen us to make room in our hearts for others. In Jesus' name. showed us that God welcomes ordinary people like you and me to enter into his family. 
to be adopted as sons and daughters. And that our understanding and experience of this truth should shape the way that we relate to and treat one another. Now, I remember my first Christmas here in Canada, away from my family back in England. There were some amazing people who welcomed me in, showed me incredible hospitality, and made me feel welcomed and loved. I still remember that today. Now, I have a simple question for us this week. How is God calling you to show hospitality this season? How can we welcome and make room for others? As we end our time here today, I want to let you know about our upcoming Christmas Eve services. We're so excited to come together and celebrate on Christmas Eve. We're going to be gathering at our Mariner campus at one o'clock, three o'clock and five. At Town Centre, you can join us at midday and at 2 p.m. And our new Rail City campus in Port Moody will be celebrating with a Christmas Eve service at four o'clock. We'll also have an online Christmas experience available. And it's our hope that this will provide a great opportunity to show some hospitality by inviting and bringing people together to enjoy this service. During these services, we'll be taking up a special Christmas Eve offering as we do every year. And I wanted to let you know a little bit about what that's going to be. This Christmas, CA Church would like to give gifts of compassion that would reach far beyond ourselves. We want to build friendships with people who've never heard the name of Jesus as we bring food hampers to them. We're focusing on a specific area in the Middle East. Most families in this area have been impacted by war and the pandemic. They cannot provide for themselves. We're also focusing on Afghans and others who have recently arrived in our own community. Through our Christmas Eve offering, there will be an opportunity for you to join with us in feeding these families so that they might hear about Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. Our goal is to send $5,000 each month in 2022 to feed 150 families who are refugees in an undisclosed Middle Eastern area and to help an additional 50 families here in our community. In all, we hope to give $120,000 as we share the love of Christ in this way. Thank you so much for joining us this week. May God bless you, keep you. May his face shine upon you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.